you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Welcome to Move the Sticks. Just finishing up day three of workouts on the turf in Lucas Oil Stadium. Great day of workouts. We're going to talk all about it. Uh, Recap the defensive linemen and linebackers, the top standouts, guys who we're really impressed with, some of the guys who have a little work to do before their pro days. We're going to interview Javon Kenlaw from South Carolina. Also talk to maybe the best defensive prospect in the draft, Chase Young. And also interview Yatua Grosmatos, Penn State edge rusher. Talk about all the things that are going with him, how he felt about his combine and the like. Lance, this was all about the big boys up front. Let's just talk about what you saw from the D lineman. Yeah, let's start off with the, the number one guy to me, and that's uh, and that's obviously Derek Brown. I mean, Chase Young didn't work out. Derek Brown is next up in terms of my rankings, at least, and I think most people. Derek Brown to me looked physically. I thought he carries his weight really well. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got great body composure. But the second thing is, to me, he just gave you a check mark on the the, the athletic profile. He he repped 28 on on the bench. We already know he's strong. Yep. That's just a number to me. Uh, ran a 5.16, which is 
about what I expected. And then a 27-inch vertical, eh, maybe not super explosive, but then again, I guess he's 316 pounds. So, yeah. I, you know, I this just showed, yes, he's fine physically. They had a malfunction on the clock initially where it showed him running a 5.5. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. And then the next time around, they had corrected it to a 5.11 uh, for his unofficial first run. So um, he ran a 5.16 was the official time, but that's fine. I, I Man, big big guy, runs fast. He's super productive. He's athletic. Uh, he has a, a, a great motor. When we watched him in those drills, he moves around like a dancing bear. He is terrific he going from side to side. And the fact that when you talk to all of the players who either played with him or offensive linemen that played against him, they talked about him being the most dominant defender that they faced. I am willing to go on their recommendation because their recommendation matches what I saw on film yep. and what I saw on the turf. There's nothing – uh, that he did on the turf to dissuade me from taking him, man, as one of the top players. He should be a top five pick in normal drafts. We'll see where he's selected, but the talent is top five worthy for The sure. guy I'm really interested in is Justin Matabuike because when I when I watch him on the field, and maybe it's the number 52, you know, is like a linebacker number, but he just feels small. He feels small yeah. out on the field, and and yet his his athleticism is really off the charts and today he really showed out and not just with the speed and quickness he ran a 483 he ran 31 times i mean that's that's strength that's compact explosive strength he ran fast but he looked fantastic out there in space when he was running around that is a really fluid athlete i guess bucky one of my problems is when a&m lined him up and just had people you know had him take on blocks that's not who he's going to be i don't think i think he's got to be a guy i know he had some flashes against georgia he had, he had some flash plays but i think he's got to be a guy who's in the gaps and up the field yeah my biggest thing with him is when i watched him there was a lot of activity but i felt like it was kind of wasted not a lot of production to to, to show for less it. Like, than i would think for that yeah, kind he, of he would move around and he would flash his hands and he would try and go silent on the sideline but i didn't see him really catch running backs or quarterbacks a lot and so i don't know how effective it it was in in general um he's one that is a little tougher for me when i evaluate and compare him to some of the other guys like for instance someone that played um like a jordan elliott jordan elliott from missouri yeah uh, jordan elliott to me um is a little bigger. Look, he's not quite the athlete, but he's a really good athlete. But what I saw from him on tape was a guy who had active hands, who had balance and body control, who flashed the potential to be very, very disruptive. And then when I watch him run, he runs a 5.02.40. He hits it 24 reps on the bench, which is strong enough. But to me, he looks like a high-end pro player. I see him stat, guys. Like, I see the explosive strength. I think he has really good hands. His, uh, his D-line coach, Brick Haley, was an NFL D-line coach, so you can tell he's a little more skilled with the hands than a lot of guys we see come out. But one of the things that I really was impressed, and I was curious, that that change of direction drill where they got you running side to side, yeah. I thought he was really good at changing direction quickly, fluidly. And the only way you can do that is if you play with bend, if you move with bend. And then when you move with bend and you play with bend, then you're, you're going to have better leverage. You'll have better anchors. So um, I was impressed with Jordan Elliott. I thought he had a really good day. Yeah, I thought he had a really, really good day. I think the guy that um, is in conversation that people will talk about is Ross Blacklock from TCU. 49040, 29 inch vertical. Uh, when we watched him on the turf, I thought he's a very, very good athlete. I think he's built to be an athletic guy. Um, when we saw him play in the Big 12, 
he made a lot of plays because he does have sideline to sideline chase ability. He does have the ability to play at angles and kind of shoot holes. Uh, the one thing that you and I have talked about, how is he going to be when they run right at him? Can he stack and shed? Mm -hmm. Can he hold up uh, and play at the point of attack? You can't really get that sense based on what he did here, but as an athlete, he certainly dazzled and impressed. You know, Marlon Davidson, I know that was a guy that you, mm -hmm. you talked with a little bit. Mar Marlon Davidson, I'm really intrigued by him because, I, you know, the more I watch him, I know his body type doesn't look DN, but he played DN. He, he, not only that, he stood up. Yeah. Like he could stand and rush. And I think that's an interesting uh, talent. He's, he ran a 5.04.40, but I kind of look at him as a three technique who has the, the, the athleticism and the agility really to, to play a base in spot and then reduce down as a rusher inside. Not the strongest guy at 21 reps, um, and that shows up on tape sometime. I think he has a hard time going up against power. That's why I would, I would, I would probably uh, you know, reduce him as a rusher on just rushdowns and sub packages. But Marlon Davidson is is a guy who I think is very intriguing. I'm just sometimes I struggle between the the DN three technique. Yeah, no, it, it, it's tough. I, I, I will say this. Um, he is physical. Uh, he plays the game the right way. When you look at the Auburn guys on tape, they play hard. They, they run and chase. When I had the opportunity to talk to him, he talked about that, living up to the standard, playing to the standard, how hard uh, he and Derrick Brown played and how they com you know, competed and challenged each other to be dominant players. When I watched him work out, I think the movement skills are, are good. I, I was just as impressed as I was with him at the Senior Bowl. He is just a, a mean uh, mm -hmm. nasty player who has that stuff and it's funny because the 21 reps can deceive you because if you get in the way he will throw you absolutely out of the club he yeah. is a physical player with a nasty temperament I, I, I love how he plays yeah and you got to remember now um, they did not get great quarterback play out of the freshman over there he was he's very much in learning yeah, mode Knicks, right now and, Knicks, yeah. you know, carry on Johnson has been gone and so they they're trying to you you have an offense that is trying to find its way during the year and the defense had to carry them and those two guys were the key components now there's going to be a few Auburn guys out here at the combine but you know Derek Brown who we already talked about and Marlon Davidson they, they really helped carry that that Auburn defense they were major and I thought they both stepped up their game from last year to this year the motors didn't turn off this year for those guys no when you talk about motors the guy that stands out to me in terms of a motor player AJ Epinesa and I know that that term is always kind of thrown on guys like AJ or whatever. But when you watch the tape, man, he does play hard. He plays with power. Um, he knocks back uh, offensive tackles. Does a good job playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Now I'm interested to hear what you have to say about because I didn't see juice as a rusher. I see a lot of skill, yeah, not a lot of upfield that, that, juice. That, that's what he is. I think he's a power rusher. So, he, but but when he runs a 504, he has 17 reps. Does that bother you at all? 17 reps on the bench press. I try not to pay a whole lot of attention to the bench press. I don't feel like, like I see a problem on yeah, tape. I, I don't see. I think he plays. Man, I think he plays tough. I think he plays with power. Um, he has some snap. The 504 uh, was probably maybe even a little quicker than I thought, and it's really? not necessarily a super explosive time. But the 32 and a half inch vertical, to me, I think that signifies the explosiveness in the hips that we sometimes see when he shot. See the videos people. of him dunking on people. Yeah, I mean, like he got he got some of that. Like you just don't. 
you just don't see it all the time. But yeah, he, he can throw it down. He can do some stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to go to his thing and kind of dig deep. But AJ Epinesa is a high flyer when it comes to the basketball court. I think that explosiveness that we'll be talking about from knee to that lower trunk, he has that. And I think that's why you see him snap into people when he comes off the ball. You know, the other guy that's explosive is Yatur Gross Matos, who he, he had 20 reps on the bench, which is, which is fine. 34 inch vert, 10 inch broad. I mean, a 10 foot broad, I should say. You know, those are those are good numbers for him, and he is a player to me who is just figuring out who he's going to be. He's a he's a guy like Daniil Hunter when mm, he came mm. out, who you could see the flashes, but he was still trying to figure it out. I think a guy like that who went in the third round, who succeeded, benefits a guy like Gross Matos because teams, maybe it's a little easier for them to project now. Yeah, I think so, and I think if you watch him go through the bags and the spin moves and being able to sequence a variety of different pass rush nice. moves, doing the thing, he, he has a very polished game for his age, and I felt like on tape, the best thing that I thought he did, his athleticism uh, and his skill. I thought he had unique pass rushing skill. He has really done a good job of that button jerk or push-pull move that you'll see where he shocks the defensive lineman and snatches him, and he either dip up under him real quick mm -hmm. and get to the quarterback he's really effective with that and then on the turf saw the spin move saw him change directions saw some of the balance and agility that you wanted to see that 10 foot broad jump speaks to the explosiveness i think your gross matos um is a guy bottom of the first round He'll get some love. I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of creep up the chart because there are not a lot not of edge rushers. rushers. I, so he I, may benefit from the lack of supply and really the demand because without chasing, we don't know what chasing is going to be in terms of like just looking at him, how how he plays mm -hmm. and stuff like that. How comfortable are you with a, a chasing over gross models? I think that would be the conversation that people have in war rooms. Well, I know you had a chance to talk to uh, Javon Kenlaw. That was a guy I wish we could have seen work out today. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen it. After what he did at the Senior Bowl, I would have loved to have seen that. I would have loved, I would have loved to have seen it. But, you know, his, his story is fascinating, um, the background and all that other stuff. I, I, I just think people need to tune in. To, so here's our conversation with Javon Kenlaw. Excited to have Javon Kenlaw joining the podcast. South Carolina standout. Hey, look, man, how's everything going? How was your combine experience? Uh, it was smooth, man. You know, a lot of guys I talked to was like, man, it's going to go crazy. But, I mean, it's been smooth for me, honestly, not too not too hard, honestly. Not too hard, not too hard at all. How, how were the interviews? And, you know, that's kind of like the biggest part of the grind. Everyone kind of taking uh, you through, poking at you, asking a bunch of questions. How was that part? It was a breeze, honestly. Yeah, it was, it was a real breeze for me, man. I ain't trying to toot my own horn, but... Oh, no, let's go. Yeah. We can toot it, man. Toot, toot. There's nothing wrong with that. You, it's okay. We can, we, can, we can brag and talk about sure. the good stuff. Hey, man, some of the good stuff that I've seen is just watching you play. It's uncommon to see a man of your size and stature being able to move around. Um, when you had a chance to talk to coaches about your game and talk about the strengths and weaknesses, what were some of the things that you said stood out? What makes you different than some of the other guys? Uh, for one, I'm a big human, you know. Big people like me not supposed to be able to move the way I can, you know, yeah. for one. Um, and I'm very powerful. You know, I'm just able to grab a hold of people and no matter what they're doing, just get them out of my way, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's, it's, it's something that is remarkable to see. I have to imagine going all the way back to high school. Let's just talk about your high school journey. Um, like, think about the long journey, the long road that you had to kind of navigate to get to this point. Um, who are some of the guys that kind of helped you along the way? Um, 
like friends or friends like coaches like like what were some of the lessons that you learned along the way as during your childhood to kind of help you get to this point um just well growing up homeless i mean that just make you have to fend for yourself a lot you know so i grew up at an early age um at least i'd like to think so yeah you know having to feed myself sometimes you know uh, but honestly you know i learned a lot on my own really you know I just had a hard time trusting people growing up. Yeah. Because everything that we was going through. So, but as I got a little older, you know, I met people on the road, you know, started really understanding that, you know, everybody not out to get me and, you know, yeah. and things like that. So. So now that you have a platform, like, just, let's just expand on that about the homelessness, because I don't think a lot of people kind of understand that struggle. Um, now that you have an opportunity to be on a platform, like, how can you explain it to people? How can you help young people kind of that are in that situation uh, navigate through and kind of get to the other side? Well, I mean, for one, I was blessed, you know, very fortunate to not have strayed down the wrong path on this journey to get to this point. Um, but somebody going through that, you know, you just got to keep pushing no matter what, you know. It's always a light at the end of the tunnel. What I always say, you know, you just got to find it, you know, whatever it is. Uh, whatever you got to do, just get it done, man. So in, in thinking about that, because you're so highly motivated to get to the to next level, like you're right here on the precipice of being an NFL player, how does that, how do those struggles motivate you? Like how how does that, how can we see that come out in your game? Like how, how has everything that you've experienced helped you become a dominant player on the field? Um, a lot of frustration, you know, just I get to take a lot of frustrations out. You know, my mom's still homeless to this day, my brother, so, I mean, thinking about things like that, you know, it just bring a, a a fuel out of me, you know, that I usually don't let to get out. So the only time I really I'm allowed to, you know, bring that type of passion is on the field, you know. So in thinking about your game on the field, man, when I look at the tape, I see you play everywhere, man. I feel like you play the, the zero, three, the five. Uh, what is the best position? If, if you could coach yourself, where would we put you at? Uh, I would... Right. For now, you know, three tech, four. Um, but when I can expand on that, you know, but it's just going to take a lot of learning. I feel like I could play the five, too. Yeah. I played the five in high school. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's all right there. For I sure. mean, you're, you're all right there. So when you look at NFL guys, who's the NFL guy that you would say you pattern your game after? Um, honestly, you know, I don't pattern my game after nobody. Honestly, that's because I just – that's just how I feel about myself, you know. Yeah. But a lot of people compare me to Chris Jones, you know. And I, Ooh. You know, but Chris Jones about to get that big payday. Now. Oh, for sure. Chris I'm, Jones I'm is trying real to get now. like him. <laughs> sure. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yes, sir. Nothing wrong with that, man. Look, I'm so glad that uh, you're able to come on. I have to say this from a personal standpoint, man. Mad respect to you for being able to overcome the journey. There's so many young people that can't uh, find their way. The fact that you were able to do it without strand speaks a lot to your character. Speaks a lot to like the internal fortitude that you have on the inside. Yes, so I I'm, I'm excited to see you hear your name call. Yes, sir, uh, I, appreciate I wish it. you the best going forward. I appreciate that, man. So Lance, when, when you hear Ken Law's story, you hear the, the bouts of homelessness, the fact that his mom and her brother are still dealing with homelessness. Um, we always want to ask people, what's your why? Well, I think it's pretty easy to see what Ken Law's why is and how mm -hmm. um, gritty and competitive and feisty is and I think he's going to be a player that at the next level um, 
he plays like that. Like, and, and the thing he talked about, Chris Jones, and often being either compared to or patterning his game after, I think he has some of that ability. But another guy who has a lot of ability, Yatua Grossmatos. Take a listen to our conversation with Grossmatos after his workout. Joining the Move the Sticks podcast, we have Penn State standout, Yatua Grossmatos. How's everything going after the combine? It's going well. You know, I was really pleased with the way I went out there performing, you know, how my, my whole trip has been here. So uh, I couldn't be happier. Look, man, uh, so much of what everyone wanted to see is the athleticism, seeing you move around and bounce around, because sometimes, like, watching tape, you just wonder, how athletic is he? So what would, did you want to show the scouts doing your workout today? Uh, just, you know, my ability to move in space, uh, you know, from side to side, um, and then just, just bursting out of the finish. Um, I'm really looking forward to it in my pro day running my 40. So um, show them how fast I am too. Oh yeah, yeah you, gonna, you, you can put down a, you can put down a nice time on the 40. I'm on four five. Ooh, I might need to be there for that. I might have to fly in the Happy Valley for that. So here, here's what I, I love about watching you on tape, man. I, I, I love the energy that you play with coming off the edge. I think you have like a sneaky little push pull move that you use off the edge where you attack him, shock him, and get up under. What do you think your strengths as a player are? I say. Uh, like my motor that I play with, um, just just the intensity to want to to get to the ball. Um, you know, once I get started to get hot, I feel like feel like no one can stop me. So uh, once it gets rolling, it's rolling. Uh, you know, one thing that I, I did see is sometimes they would use you outside, but they also slide you down and play some three technique, some situations. Did you yeah. like bumping inside? Because that's kind of the new way of the NFL. I didn't mind it. Yeah, I for sure didn't mind it. You know, it's what my team needed from me. So, um, you know, I was willing to do it. And, you know, I was able to get some production out of there too. So Yeah, you did get some sack production out there. I think what you finished with, 18 and a half sacks, 36 and a half, tackles for loss loosely. Uh, that's a lot of production for a guy. So when you think about the National Football League and you happen to watch games on Sundays when you have some downtime, who are some of the guys that you're patting your game after? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think Bradley Chubb is always someone that I always – watched you know growing up um well not growing up since like uh, mm-hmm. freshman year of college um just just the way he played in college you know with that motor and his hand skills um and, he, and he's carried the same thing in the nfl so that's always someone i try to take from his game yeah he, he definitely is a dominant player um i'm sure uh when you sit down in these meeting rooms with executives and coaches a lot of people will ask you your why you have yep. had a, a i mean a a real troubled background. You had a lot of tragedies that you had to overcome. Uh, when we think about the adversity that you face, how have those adversities helped you become the player that you are? Yeah, I think it's 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 taught me to take advantage of every opportunity. Um, you know, you can be here one day, you know, not wake up next. So um, every day is an opportunity to go out there and win. Go out there, uh, make yourself better. And that's how I approach. That's how I approach life. You know, in thinking about approaching life, there's a lot of things, a lot of tradition that comes with playing at Penn State. Uh, what were your experience from Penn State? How would that help you succeed at the next level? I think at, at Penn State, what, what it most taught me was, you know, discipline. Because um, they were super hard on on always doing the right thing. So um, I think it made me grow as a man, always trying to try and do, what's, do what I feel is right. You know, when you think about doing what's right, being a grown man, we expect you to see you dominate at the next level. We're excited to see you continue to grow. Can't wait to hear your name called on draft day. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thank you. Very impressive interview with Gross Matos. 
uh, Lance, I, I, I think the thing that stands out to me is uh, this is a guy that has just kind of gotten it done. The things that he has learned in terms of being disciplined from Penn State certainly will play, pay off. And then when you just look at the overall athleticism that he displays, I think he's a very skilled player, a guy who has a lot of intrigue and trace. I think he's going to be a fantastic pro at the next level. Yeah, and he's a guy who's gone through a lot of life adversity as well with people very, very close to him obviously passing. And so, you know, one of the things we – you talk about with Ken Law and then Gross Matos now is that these guys who've been through personal adversity in their life, one of the things scouts like a lot and evaluators like are guys who have been through something and show that they're resilient, they're tough, and they have the ability to to bounce back from from that because you're going to face – you're going to face issues – Personally, you're going to face issues on the field. You'll face issues potentially with injury and how you bounce back from it, your resilience. Do you have it in your background? Can you do it? Yeah, no, I, I think it matters. Uh, we talk about it, what's your why? Uh, I think when you talk about both of those guys, Ken Law and Gross Matos, it's easy to see their why. They have been able to bounce back from really tough and tragic circumstances and situations to succeed. Uh, you would like to think that that success is going to continue to follow them. But a guy that we are expecting big things from, and we were kind of happy and excited when he was able to come on, Chase Young, edge player from uh, Ohio State. Uh, I was able to track him down, and we had a little conversation. So let's tune in to what the potential number one defensive player in the draft has to say. Join the Move to Six podcast. We are excited to have Ohio State standout Chase Young. Look, you didn't participate in workout at the combine but you did a lot of work behind the scenes how was your combine experience it was great man uh you know just being a little kid and uh you know always dreaming of coming to the combine and uh just to see what happens you know behind closed doors you know um you know just going into the draft it, w- it was amazing and uh, you know it's definitely something i never forget you know something that i'll never forget is just kind of watching you on tape Dominant performance this season, uh, but actually it's been a dominant three-year run for you at Ohio State. Uh, just talk a little bit about uh, what you learned from the experience playing at Ohio State and your D-line coach, Larry Johnson. Um, playing at Ohio State, man, I, I definitely learned how to to be cons- to work hard consistently. I would say that um, that Coach Mick, um, he would stay on us, um, mainly me, and, and push me because – I feel like Coach Mick knew my potential and knew where, where I could be one day. And, uh, you know, by doing that, me and me and Coach Mick have a great relationship right now. Um, Coach Johnson, you know, he definitely, you know, teach me how to use my hands, uh, my hips, a better first step on, on, on the field. But um, the biggest thing he taught me, you know, how to do is, is be a man off the field. And um, I can always go back to when I did get suspended um, and, and how he was always in my corner and supporting me and, um, you know, just telling me, um, that how I should face it on, and uh, you know I did that, and um, you know it definitely uh, it definitely helped me out in the long run. You know it's it's, it's unique that uh, you played on the D line where you've had some top picks that played that you played with uh, Joey and Nick Bosa. Uh, what have you learned from their experiences, not only at Ohio State but in the National Football League? Um, I would say uh, that the things that Coach Jay teaches us in college works on the next level. I would definitely say that uh, I can see um, we call it drinking the Kool-Aid and uh, that's what Coach Jay always says. Um, and, you know, the stuff that, you know, that I use in college right now that Nick used, Joe used, they're using it in the league right now and, you know, racking up sacks. So uh, it's, it's something I'm excited about because yeah. I know it works. So, uh, you know, that's that's definitely in the back, my back pocket. It's funny. It's funny you talk about like 
drinking the Kool-Aid and knowing that that stuff works. Um, I've said this, and I don't know if I said to you, obviously we know each other outside of the podcast, but last summer, uh, when I look at you, I see a lot of Julius Peppers in you. Having been in Carolina when Peppers uh, was playing for the Panthers, I see that. When you look at yourself and look at some of the guys that are playing in the league, who do you pattern or model your game after? Uh, you know, I try not to really model myself after anybody, but if, you know, I would. I, I like Julius Peppers a lot. That was the first, um, you know, defensive event that you know I was attracted to. Uh, you know, my dad always loved Julius Peppers, um, so that's definitely somebody growing up that I watched a lot. Especially when I, I first, uh, you know, made the transition to defensive end. Um, that was definitely number one on my mind of, of who I wanted to be like. That's crazy. So I, I want to talk to you quickly about one of your former teammates, Joe yeah. Burrow, leaves Ohio State, um, goes to LSU. Give us a little background on, on how was Joe Burrow at Ohio State, the competitiveness, the leader. Uh, did you guys think that he could be the leader that he ended up emerging being? Yeah, we knew it. Um, it was it, With him and Dwayne, it was a close battle between who was going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, you know, but Joe, you know, he's a competitor. And uh, we knew, uh, you know, when he left or wherever he went, he was going to be started day one. We knew that. And, uh, you know, winning the Heisman, you know, everybody at Ohio State, Coach Mick, Coach Meyer, it's no surprise. We, we, we know what Joe is. Joe, he a dude. So we, we know that. It's funny you talk about him being a dude. We got some clips where he was, uh, y'all do mat drills and pull tires and all that other stuff. Is that yeah. common for a quarterback to jump in and be asked to participate in that stuff? No. But Joe a different dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he a different de- dude. He definitely is a different dude. You are a different dude. I mean, in most years, people would say that you are the consensus choice to be the number one pick. Regardless of how it shakes out, man, we're excited to see you dominate the next level. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Lance, you heard it right there. Uh, when, you, when you talk to Chase Young, um, he just kind of gets it. Uh, the fact that he played at Ohio State, he has watched the Bosa's work before him. He has learned from Larry Johnson Sr. on how to get it done. And he talked about drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. He said, you drink the Kool-Aid, you see that the Kool-Aid works at the next level, so why shouldn't I have that success? Just the confidence that he has that he can go to the next level and be a dominant player. He's been through it all. Like, this is not, this is different, but it's not new, right? The process, he's been through it. He understands what being a high-profile player, a high-profile recruit, high-profile coverage of Ohio State, playing in high-leverage games. This is just another part of the process for him. So this is not too big for him. You can see the way he conducts himself and carries himself. It's like he was made for this. Yeah, he absolutely is built for it. Uh, He's built to be a guy that can do it. And uh, we've talked about the talent. The talent is off the charts, whether it's comparing him to Davian Clowney, uh, either Julius Peppers, both of those guys went one, two, respectively. He is in that conversation. I think he can be that. He's going to be that kind of dominant impact player. And I think the thing that we saw today, not only with Chase Young potentially being an impact player, we saw this linebacker crew. This linebacker crew has a couple of impact players, but the guy that everyone is going to sing his praises, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Uh, just talk about what you saw from the Clemson Man, stand. So explosiveness. He ran one time, four three nine, and said, "That's good. I'm good. I don't need anything thing else." And we'll talk about maybe one of the reasons here in a second. A couple of other guys had hamstring injuries. Thirty nine inch vertical, um, an eleven foot broad jump. He's two thirty eight. And so now I think the conversation turns to, and it's something that we alluded to on some of our broadcasts already here on, uh, on, on the, 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 broadca- the pre-combine broadcast, 
The conversation isn't how fast he is and how explosive he is. That was a given. You already know that. The question is, what is he, who is he, and how is he used, and how does he fit our scheme? Whoever that hour is, mm-hmm. they got to make that decision. So I know you and I have talked off the mic as well. A lot of people will, will talk about the diversity, uh, and the, rather I should say the versatility of his yeah. skill set. And I love the versatility of his skill set. But at the same time, you do have to have something kind of focused. Like, okay, it's good, he's versatile. How are you going to use that versatility? What is your plan? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's important. And you have some people who think, hey, he should be a safety and drop him in the box and he can be like Derwin James. There are others who believe he is a linebacker. He should be a second-level defender, a guy that can be a will linebacker that kind of displaces against slot receivers and handles the tight end matchups. I, I, I think this. I think there's no question about his athleticism. There's no question about his ability to make impact plays. Really important to get him slotted in the right spot so he can have success because the one thing that can wreck uh, a versatile athlete like this is misplacing him in Mm -hmm. a situation where he doesn't have success. He loses his confidence, and we never quite tap into those special skills that we've seen um, in college. And so this is a debate and a conversation that scouts must have with the coaches and everyone must be unified in what the plan is for Isaiah Simmons when he walks in the door. That plan has to be articulated. Yeah, I don't think you overthink this. I think you decide his position, you play him there, and then his value to me is when you match up against the Ravens, you got a guy to spy Lamar. When you match up against Travis Kelsey, well, now i got a guy that I'm going to go check on Travis Kelsey. You use that versatility against those unique matchups that are causing issues. This is your own matchup defensive player. He's a guy that can match up against the matchup teams. And so that's what is special about him. Don't overthink it. Don't get too convoluted with how you use him, though, I think. Yeah, I I think that's that's really important. He is a versatile player. But I'm going to say this, Lance. There are other versatile players, and the guy that I really like, and he didn't run the fastest time, but Zach Bond from Wisconsin, uh, 24 reps on the bench, 34, I mean, 32 and a half inch vertical, ran 4.65, but let's ignore those times and let's talk about what we saw. What I saw in drills was a guy that could do a bunch of different things at the second level, where it's coming off the edge, playing inside linebacker where he can kind of run and scrape and do all kinds of stuff. I'm in love. I got a personal man crush on I him too. in terms of what he could be at the next level. I think he's a ph- phenomenal prospect. I did too. And I saw him against uh, – when I was watching Big Ten football one day, I think it might have been against Iowa, I'm watching 56 just cause major problems. And this was as an edge rusher. So I was excited to watch him, you know, to, to study him and, and to write him up. And then I see him stacked and playing off the ball some – and I'm like, wow, when you watch him drop, they didn't ask him to do a lot, but when he did it, supernatural. And that's because he was really, really loose and athletic. He is really athletic. I yeah. don't think he gets enough credit for how athletic and how disruptive he could be as a pro. He'll when hit I wa- you too. Yeah, when you watched him at the senior bowl practices, he ran around and made plays, and then you go back and you look at his tape at Wisconsin. He did a bunch of good things, a bunch of things that you could tap into. Not quite the explosive animal that uh, Isaiah Simmons is, but he is a guy for a very creative defensive coordinator who understands how to mix in his sub packages when it comes to the pressure. Yeah. He's going to be a contributor. Let me okay. So one of the one of the reasons I like when we talk about Isaiah Simmons, we talk about a a A plus athlete, but that's a third level guy moving to the second level. Yeah, different. With Bond, the positive is he's a second level player who can also rush off the edge. But let me throw a name at you, just if this is a word of caution. What about Hassan Reddick? Mm. He was an edge rusher. Yeah. They tried to 
play him stack. And then, you know, he kind of got caught between positions. Is there any concern there? Yeah, not necessarily concern with Bond because I feel like we've seen Bond play uh, stack linebacker and do some He's things. done it already, Simon. I don't know if we necessarily saw that same kind of stuff with Reddick. We liked Reddick's motor. I think the difference is um, – I felt like Bond was a more explosive player because mm-hmm. I feel like as an athlete, he was just a, a better athlete. He was probably groomed to be that player that can kind of be that second-level hybrid. I don't even call him a hybrid. I just think on uh, passing downs, you can just say, hey, you're the fourth rusher. you know. And I think for a 3-4 team, he could be very, very valuable. I like those 24 reps too. I mean, that's a good, that's a good power number for them. No, that's a, it's, a really, it's a really good number. Two guys that we didn't get a chance to see fully work out, Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, they were doing, uh, they did some of this stuff, but they didn't get a chance to do all of it. Kenneth Murray, 21 reps on the bench, 38-inch vertical, mm. uh, 129-inch broad jump. You're talking about 10 feet, 9 inches. That's terrific. 4.52, uh, 40, injured his hamstring. Patrick Queen, 18 on the bench, 10-5 uh, broad jump, 4.50, but he also went to the side with an injured so hamstring. It's weird. He he pulled up after he ran a 4.5. Like, he, he finished the run. Um, Murray had to pull up about halfway through. Queen actually finished and then pulled up after he finished, and he ran a 4.50 and then pulled up. But you and I saw him. He was right down here by us, and uh, he was very disappointed. They were working on the hamstring. It looked like a bit of an issue. They they wrapped it in ice. Um, he was in some pain. So we don't know the, the extent at this point. Um, really ashamed to see it. I'm hoping it's just something that will that will he'll find. I mean, I, I don't know that you really need to see Patrick Queen work out at a pro day. No. Hopefully he'll be ready by then. If not, I've seen enough on tape. Yeah, I've seen enough on tape. I think the big thing with him is I actually want to get him in the room and get him on the board and kind of get a feel for what does he know? Because he hasn't played a lot. No. He's made some plays. Um, he kind of took over and kind of popped the last half of the season. When but- Divinity... Yeah. Left, he got his shot. That was that was in season this yeah, year. Yeah, so so I need to just know where he is and how much time will he need to really develop into being a starter. But the athleticism is there, and I think the same thing with Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray, we have seen him be a blister. We've seen him playing coverage. We've seen all the things that he can do as a player. It doesn't matter what does he slot in. I think both of these guys are obviously first round picks. I think the bottom third, the bottom part of the first round is kind of where they hear the names in the twenties. Both good players. Both players that we'll talk about. I tell you, a guy that I've that I've well, that I watched and I was really, really um, excited about his play. And I reached out to a scout and asked, and he's like, "Shh, keep him quiet." And I'm like, "Dude, he's going Senior Bowl. I can't keep him <laughs> quiet." And that's Logan Wilson from Wyoming. Um, he is on a lower level of athlete than the guys that we've just talked about. Other than Zach Bond, mm-hmm. his actually his numbers yeah. are very very close to Zach Bond. He ran a four six three. I thought he might be at about a four six nine. You need to break that four seven mark. People want inside linebackers yeah. to be below four seven. Four six three is a really good time for him. He did not run a second time. I think he was happy with what he saw. I'm like, that's it. I'm good. That's what I wanted. I, um, good vertical, good broad jump. But he plays with such body control, balance. His instinct are off the charts, does a great job of dropping and intercepting and deflecting uh, passes in space. He's a guy that really quietly, I think, is going to shoot up to the back half of the the, the second round, mm-hmm. maybe into the early third, because I think he is a, a start early linebacker who's smart, instinctive, and what he showed was an athletic profile that we weren't sure if he had it. And that's what the combine's about is is this ability to to bump you from third to second with an athletic profile. Yeah, and I, I, I think that is that is really true. And also because of 
the linebackers being very, very thin in terms of yes. the high-end talent. There's not a lot of guys there, so those guys are naturally creep up the board because if it's a position of need, you're going to have to make a play for one of those linebackers early. He absolutely could be a guy that we talk about top 100. He can be in the mix, and mm-hmm. he kind of creeps into that conversation maybe at the bottom of the second for sure in the third round. Yeah, I would say for sure. I don't I don't think he gets out of the top 100 at all. There's a lot of teams that like him. It's just a matter of – and he benefits from from it being a weaker linebacker class. There's no question of benefits because once you know that guy's gone and it and it drops off – Man, it drops off. It, it turns a into hurry. a rush to get that last guy. Yeah, so he's going to be in the conversation. Just like a lot of these guys that we saw uh, today on the turf, they will be in the conversation. It's actually a, a fantastic set of workouts on day three. D-line was impressive. Linebackers have a couple guys that can flash. Uh, but day four – the last day we get a chance to see the DBs. It should look like a track meet. That should be fun. Download the Move to Six podcast at Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Check out all of our videos at NFL.com slash MTS video or at our new YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash NFL podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Move the Six podcast. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. 
and some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.